Okay, so um, once again, I did not have a message prepared for this week. I uh, found out yesterday uh, that I was going to need to speak, and I didn't have time to pre- prepare because I also went down to Rochester, or up to Rochester and back. And so um, Pastor Jason uh, was able to send me his notes, and so I'm going to pull a little bit from his notes. And then um, I don't know how long I'll talk today, but um, I just had a couple things that the Lord, I felt like the Lord just really kind of started me. I want to, want to give all of us a, a word of encouragement, and then I want to challenge all of us with that word of encouragement and um, begin thinking about uh, how we enter into the new year of 2023 and see our life with God. And so um, I don't have verses on the screen, so I'll just name the, uh, the locations, and then you can look them up in the Bible And uh, while we go here and when you get home. But um, Pastor Jason was going to start a, a two-week little um, series on Emmanuel, speaking today and then next week. But who all knows what Emmanuel means? God with us. Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to read that passage uh, from Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25. And it says this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you to, to take to you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Uh, verse 22. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child. And bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. And so here is where we see that word Emmanuel, God with us. And when I think about God with us, it's mind-blowing. I don't know if you ever thought about it or looked into the other world religions. There's really no other religion in this world or a way, a worldview, where there is a God who genuinely wants to be with his creation deeply and love them and wants them to know him. This uh, Jesus that we serve is the only God that is like that. And I want to encourage us with that. God, our Father, sent Jesus to be with us because God wants to be with you. Everybody say, God wants to be with me. Say it again. And you know, as Christians, especially for those maybe of us who have been Christians for a long time, it's like, oh yeah, God wants to be with me. And it kind of gets like normalized. But like, the God of all the universe that created everything, that knows everything, 
all the inventions, all the secret places of the earth, I mean, just everything, who designed our bodies, who designed the beauty that we see every day, he wants to be with us. Like, not just with us, like, surface level, but deeply involved in our lives and in our hearts because he created us in his image to be like him. And I love how God starts the story in the Bible in the beginning of Genesis. In Genesis 3, verse 8, this is actually the part where they had fallen, but it says, And they heard, Adam and Eve, the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. But we see that Jesus walked in the garden in the cool of the day. Like, he always was with Adam. There was nothing that separated Adam from him and him from Adam. And I just want to encourage us with that. God wants to be with you. How many of you have friends in your life that are friends, but you're like, I don't really want to be with them all the time? Anyone? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. You don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> okay, yeah. We all do. We all have that. And even the closest people that we love sometimes are like, right now you're really annoying me and I don't want to be with you. <laughs> but God's like, always wants to be with us. He wants to be with you. And even in the sin, so Adam and Eve, we know the story, right? Adam and Eve, they sinned and they separated themselves from the Lord. And ever since that time, when you read through the Old Testament, God is on a journey to bring that restoration back. He's on a path. He sets himself on a path to restore us, to bring us back to being with him the way Adam was with him in the garden before he had sinned. And you see uh, all the wonderful stories throughout the Old Testament how God was with Abraham and brought him into the promised land and gave him a son uh, and then brought forth his generations as Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And then we see like the stories of God being with that hit with Adam, with Abraham's line. You see David, the Lord was with David and we see him defeat Goliath and we see many other things. But there's uh, Psalm 139. I actually wanted to, thought I might read through that today. How many of you have read through Psalm 139? Maybe it's one of your favorite psalms. Anybody? I want us to listen to this. It's one of my favorite psalms. It's always a go-to psalm for me. David knew his God and how much God loved him and wanted to be with him. And in Psalm 139, I'm just going to read through the whole thing, or through three quarters of it here. David says, O Lord, verse 1, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with, and are acquainted with all of my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? 
Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. I want to pause there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. How does one make their bed in hell? I mean, he might just be saying, like, if I was to be in hell, you were there. But I think we make our bed in hell when we live a life of sin. Like, when we make just the opposite of righteousness. It's a way for us to make our bed in hell. And you can live your life struggling and sin and worry and all this different stuff and be stressed out and literally feel like you're in hell on earth. Has anybody ever felt that way? I have. And it says, even there, I cannot escape from you. You are still there. Why? I mean, God is omnipresent. We know that. But we know that he doesn't want us to be in hell. He wants to deliver us from hell. So when you hit your rock bottom, every time in your life, whatever your rock bottom is, and if you hit it more than once, however many times you hit it, different levels, different seasons of life, you will always find that the Lord is there. He's already there waiting for us when we make our bed in hell. And he wants to be with us and to deliver us. That's good news. If you're struggling in life right now, in some way, understand, be encouraged that God wants to be with you. And wherever you're at, wherever you think you can't, he can't see you, that he doesn't know what's going on, that you can't get out of it, that's a lie. The truth is, he's already there. He will pull you out of it when you turn your heart to him because he wants to be with you. Verse 9, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. I don't know if the Lord has one book that contains all of the lives of every person that he has created, or if he has a library, walls filled with every single person's life and story. I don't know what that looks like, but he has a book, and you're written in it. We are written in it. Your whole life. And we get to choose if we're going to live out the book that he wrote for us or not. Because he doesn't write a bad story. He only writes good ones. Right? And so he told me this a while back. He said, everyone gets to choose if they're going to, get to, if they're going to follow through on the story that I've written for them and go through it with me, or if they're going to reject that story and it gets left on the shelf and they wind up separated from me. I want to read that whole story with the Lord and walk it out, and fulfill it. And so I'm always encouraged when I read this. God wants to be with us. He has a whole storybook of you. 
Um, verse 17. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Boy, his thoughts for us are more in number than the sand. That's a lot of thoughts. Anybody ever think that you just can't stop thinking? And you're like, I just can't turn my mind off. I mean, if we take this literally, which I, I like to take some things literally here, you know, his thoughts for me are more in number than the sand. And if his thoughts are more in number in sand than for, for you as well, and for all the other 8 billion people on the earth, I mean, he does a lot of thinking. <laughs> There's a lot of thoughts in there. And his thoughts for us are good. Therefore, are good. Why? Because the Lord wants to be with you. He loves you. I want to encourage us. I don't care how old we are, how long we follow Jesus, there is never a moment where we do not need to dwell on this and remain in this and think on it every single day that God wants to be with us. And he sent Jesus so that way we could be with him. And then he died and he rose again and he ascended into heaven and then he told the disciples before you go do any of the great commission that I've given you go wait in Jerusalem for the gift of the Holy Spirit who is going to come and he is going to be in you let's go read um, that was in Acts 1 but let's go read John 14 I wrote this down the Lord gave me this this morning John 14 15 through 18 I'm going to say the word with a lot, I feel like, today, because God is with us. Okay, you guys ready? John 14, verse 15 says, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. He may abide with you forever. That's a long time. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Boy, the Holy Spirit, he is with us and in us. So that way we can have God with us all the time. Mm, that is good. The Holy Spirit is with you. The Holy Spirit is with you. Say, the Holy Spirit is with me. The Holy Spirit is with me. And you know, Pastor Jason, I think we're going to, he's going to talk about um, the Holy Spirit and the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit in January. I think that's what he said. And so he's going to talk a lot more about this. But it is so good to know that we have the comforter, we have the helper with us, God with us. He made a way for us to always be with him and to always have access to his throne of grace to obtain mercy in a time of trouble. All the time. Sometimes I look through my life and I go through my day and I wonder, boy, I haven't really taken advantage of that truth. You know? I've been trying every day to 
consecrate myself to the Lord every day, but then to ask the Holy Spirit to govern my mind and my memory and my thinking capacity and how I process the things that come through my day because we were created to be unified with the Holy Spirit and not to like go on autopilot, which how many of you live life on autopilot sometimes? You know, I'm the type of person that can't do more than one thing at a time. So like I have to literally stop what I'm doing, set it down, and then pay attention to this. I'm not very good at multitasking. I like to think that I can for some things. Like I could walk and chew gum if I chewed gum, but I don't chew gum. But other than that, like, there's not a lot of things I can do. I have to have full focus. And so I can go on autopilot, and I'll spend, like, an hour or two doing something. I'm like, I haven't even thought about the Lord. And I know the Lord doesn't get angry about that kind of stuff. But I want to be in a place where I, my, my mind and my thinking capacities, every part of me is, like, consecrated to him. So that way, when I'm going through my day, it's like whatever comes up, I'm ready to hear his voice. If I'm struggling with something, it's like, Holy Spirit, I ask you right now to come. I ask you right now to fix this situation or give me wisdom or whatever. That's how we're supposed to live our life. And so um, I want us to take advantage as we enter the new year of this gift that we have of God with us, inside of us. And so that is the encouragement I wanted to give. I felt led to give. God is with you. He wants to be with you. Uh, He created you to be with him. And um, there's a great, I don't know if you've ever read this book. Uh, I might have mentioned it before. If you're looking for a new book to read, this book is called The Story of With. And um, this author, uh, Alan Arnold, he, um, he works for John Eldridge Ministries. Uh, he used to be a book publisher. He worked for a really big book publishing company. He was like in charge of it for a while. And so he wrote this book, and this book is actually like, he writes a fictionalized story, and it's an allegory, and he teaches through this story that he writes um, about being with God and what it really means. And uh, he puts this quote towards the end. He says, God didn't primarily create us so that way, so that, sorry, God didn't primarily create us, create us so we would do things for him, or even to learn lessons about him. His primary reason for creating us is, is so we can be with him. So I love that quote, and it really blesses me every day. It brings freedom to me when I know he didn't just create me to do a bunch of things. He didn't just create me to teach me a bunch of things. He created me to be with him, to be with him. And um, so if you haven't read this book, write it down, The Story of With. I highly recommend getting it, getting it on Audible if you want to do it that way. Um, It will bless you. You can use it like a devotional because of how the chapters are. They're not long chapters, and each chapter has a little uh, section afterward to kind of get you to think. And so um, it's a great book. But that leads us into then the challenge that I want to offer all of us. I felt like the Lord wanted me to offer here. And God is asking, will you go with me? Will you be with me? Because it's one thing to know that God wants to be with us, but will you be with him? Will you go with him? And one of my favorite verses is from Mark three fourteen through 15. And it says this, 
It says, then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. And this verse goes well with our uh, believer's authority that we've been talking about. But I love this passage simply for that word with. He appointed the 12 disciples that they might be with him. Like he wanted them to be with him. He wanted them to know him deeply. He wanted them to be acquainted with all of his ways and to laugh with him and to cry with him and to celebrate with him and to do miracles with him. And I love this verse because it's, you also see he called them to be with him before he sent them out to go preach, to go heal the sick, and to go raise the dead and cast out demons. So we have to do the same thing. If we want to see that kind of stuff happen and we want to see the believer's authority take place, we have to be with him. And so I have been challenged by the Lord a lot, especially over the last seven years since I moved back here to Erie, to be with him in a different way and um, to be aware of him every day, which I was kind of talking about already with the Holy Spirit, but choosing like every day, Father, I want to do life with you. Jesus, I want to do life with you with you. Father, I want you to father me every day. I ask him, Father, I ask you to father me. And, and, um, and so one of the prayers I started to pray, and I offer this prayer to you guys, and I'll say, when I started to pray this prayer, I um, thought I was like super spiritual. It's not even that, I mean, I thought it was going to be like this epic adventure I'm going to go on and I'm praying this really deep spiritual prayer. And then when he started to answer the prayer, I was like, why did I pray that prayer? I do not want this to happen right now. And um, the prayer that I just prayed is real simple. It says, Father, take me to the places that I've never been in you and with you. Father, take me to the places that I've never been um, in you and with you. And so I started to pray that prayer you know, every day, because um, I was at a super low point, as many of you know, when I moved back here from just a broken relationship, and, and so I started to pray that prayer, and I was excited about it, and then, like, I started to go through this, he started to strip away things from my life, started to feel like I was losing control of life, which, the Lord, that's a good thing, you know, not control like, oh, I'm going crazy, but, like, I just felt like I was not in control like I used to be, or I had everything figured out, and or at least a small plan, and had all this, all the money figured out, and all the just I knew what I was going to do with life. Like that all went away, and then he took me into this place of just really learning to serve and submit my life to others, starting with t- taking care of my grandfather, and just you know I came from having I had a place in New Jersey and an apartment and. I was living my life, and all of a sudden I'm thrust back into Erie, and I have everything fits in my car, and I go home, and I'm living with my grandfather because I don't have a place to live because of the situation in which I came back under. And I was like, man, I just lost everything. And now I'm taking care of all his stuff, and I'm like, but I want my own stuff. And it's like, no, you need to learn to serve. You need to learn to love in a deeper way. And I was like, this is not the type of prayer, answer to prayer that I was praying for. But it's what the Lord gave me. And then I went through this whole season of grieving with 
seeing my grandfather pass, caretaking for him, and then seeing my mom pass and caretaking for her. And it was like it was just so hard and so deeply grief-stricken. And I was like, this is not the place I wanted to go with you. This was not what I was expecting when I prayed that prayer. And so, um, but the Lord has seasons. I asked him to take me to a place I'd never been, and I had never been in that place. Now, I had, in my life growing up, I didn't suffer a lot of people dying in my family or any of that kind of stuff. It was just not something, we were a very blessed family, and, and I was spared from a lot of things, and so now I'm going through a deeply hard time, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I prayed that prayer because through that whole thing, I, the Lord was with me, and he's brought me to a place where I'm learning, and I'm understanding, and I'm growing in new ways, and so when I encourage you to pray this prayer I'm not promising you that it's going to be the most wonderful thing. Um, you know, I, like I said, I felt super spiritual praying that prayer. I'm like, ah, you know, maybe it's good to feel that way. I don't know, this is not awesome. But I, I recently was talking with the Lord about this prayer again because I'm fine. I feel like he's finally brought me into a different place, a new season of life right now. And, and it's a much more uh, joy is being restored into this season of life and um, this new season of life. And so I'm excited, and I was like, man, I feel like I need to start praying this prayer again because I actually stopped praying that prayer after things started going kind of what I felt was south. But in the midst of it, God worked everything together for good for me in ways that I cannot explain to you in the short amount of time. But um, I started, I was like, God, you know what? I'm I'm afraid to pray this prayer again, but I'm going to start praying it, praying it again. And... If, and in this book, you know, I don't want to spoil the book for you, but there, there comes a place in this book where this, uh, the main character, you know, it's, it's kind of a story about her, this whole story about being with God and relationships being restored, and one of the relationships is with her dad. And, um, but they talk about how, uh, or at least uh, the author, he, the author talks about this. He's like, I, I just want to be at a place where I picture God, my father, driving this truck and this is just his imagery and he's like it's an old truck and and I climb into the truck and I have this relationship with my dad where I trust him so much that I can just say I don't care where you want to take me where you want to go as long as I'm with you that's all that matters and so that's what I want and that's what I want for all of us is to get to a place with our heavenly father where it's like I don't care where we go. I'm going to pray this prayer even though you might take me to somewhere I might not really have expected. I don't really care, but I'm going to pray it because I don't care where I go because as long as I'm with you, I know that I'm safe. As long as we're with him, we're safe. As long as we're with him, it doesn't matter what comes against us, we can overcome it. He will overcome it. And I love the idea of, um, how many of you like, like war movies or epic battles and things? You know, you might see a, you know, two army captains come together and they're fighting, they need to fight this giant enemy and they'll come together and be like, are you with me? And they'll lock arms, I'm with you, you know, and it's like this bond, this I'm going into battle with you. And I like to see this idea of being with God in the same way. You know, Jesus came to be with us uh, when we didn't even know it and he came to war against the enemy and to fight for us. And as we go into, new way, into the new year and, and pray these prayers, you know, I want us to also see it as that. You're, when you're with God, you're, you're with the king 
of kings and Lord of lords. You're with the one who commands all of the heavenly hosts and all of the armies of heaven. And that is a powerful thing. Like when you are with Jesus, you are locking arms with him, you know, as this, for men anyways, as this band of brothers, as this unified uh, fighting force of men. And um, are you with me? I also see it as just a giant hug. You know, I don't, I don't know if I've ever shared this dream with you guys. Maybe I have. But man, I had this one dream. The only time I ever saw Jesus in a dream, and I don't even remember what he looked like, which was I woke up from the dream, and I'm like, no! That was a great dream, though. I was in this dream, and uh, I told it to my parents. It was before my mom passed, and uh, it was only shortly after I moved back from, uh, from New Jersey, but I was in this, like, studio and we were all working with clay, and I was making this mask. And, like, I knew in the dream that I was supposed to see Jesus and meet him. And, um, and so, anyways, I make this mask, and, like, it won't form correctly. And the main guy in the room, like, the teacher, I thought it was supposed to be Jesus, but it wasn't. It was actually just this, like, very short Asian man. And I was like... He's not Jesus. I thought Jesus was supposed to be here. And I couldn't get this mask to the clay to do what I wanted. So I brought it over to him. Like, can you fix this for me or help me do this? And so he sets it on the wall and he just manipulates it and makes it into this mask. I don't know why I was making a mask. I probably need to ask the Lord about that. But anyways, that might not have anything, many meaning at all. But <clears throat> and then he forms it and I'm like, what? I'm so happy. And then I, he turns back around and goes to his bench where he's like working on stuff and I was like, excuse me, sir. I was like, I thought I was supposed to meet Jesus. And as soon as he turned around, like he turns around and all of a sudden it's Jesus. And it's not a little Asian man anymore. It's, it's Jesus. And I was like, and I just, I like broke out in tears and I just ran and hugged him and he hugged me. And it was like, I was with him in this way that was just so sweet and deep and like, I looked out the door. There was double French door, like French doors out of the studio, and I saw like this beautiful garden, and I wanted to go out there, and I started to go towards it, and then I woke up, and I was like, that's when I was like, no! But to be with him and to hug him, like that is another way that I want us to look at being with him, you know? Being with him fighting together, being with him in a, an embrace of love and... Um, peace and unity, that's what he has for us. That's why Jesus came. And so be encouraged with that, and I just want to challenge us all maybe to begin to pray that prayer. You know, Father, take me to the places I've never been in you and with you, and really just begin to evaluate your heart this year, as we go into this new year, these next couple weeks, and just seek the Lord on that. Like, Lord, how do I help me to be with you? You are with me. Help me to be with you and to be aware of your presence every day. So that is my encouragement and challenge for us all. And uh, yeah, that's all I really felt the Lord wanted me to share today. So amen. That's good. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll pray. And I'll just pray over all of us. And then uh, I'll read the uh, benediction that Pastor Jason had for us today. Oh, Heavenly Father, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you. 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your kindness to us. Thank you so much for your love and your strength. Thank you so much for wanting to be with us, not just to tell us things to do. Lord, no. Your first and foremost thing was for us to be with you and to know you deeply. And so I thank you, Father, for your kindness and your love and just for this nature of your heart, Lord. And Father, I ask you to stir our hearts, Lord, to remember this encouragement that you are with us deeply. You think about us more in number than the sand. You have a storybook of us. You, you, you created us to walk in the cool of the morning in a beautiful garden with you, you, to always be with you, to know you deeply, and Lord, to also be challenged to be with you and to be aware of what we're doing each day and whether we're with you or not, and then to link arms with you and then to embrace you in a hug. Lord God, and to do life with you in new and powerful ways. And Lord, as we think about praying this prayer of taking us to places we've never been in you and with you, Father, I ask you just to lead us in that and to give us the courage to pray prayers that are big and to pray prayers that might even be hard or maybe scary to think about, Lord. But if they're of you and you're wanting to take us to somewhere, Lord, I just pray that our hearts would be stirred to Go with you wherever you want to go, Lord, just as your disciples were. We thank you so much, Lord. I pray, Lord, uh, uh, just a blessing over every person here, Lord, and that uh, all of our ears and eyes eyes would be open and sensitive to the Holy Spirit as we go through this week and into Christmas and into the new year, Lord. And uh, we give you all the praise and glory. And also, I just pray another prayer of blessing over Pastor Jason and Pastor Liz and our entire family. Father God, for life and peace in this time, and that you would just redeem the time that is being lost with sickness and disease in their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If any of you would like prayer, uh, feel free to come up front. We have some people here, some small group leaders that would be willing to uh, would pray with you, and I will as well. And um, I love you guys, and I can't wait to see you for Christmas Eve. Remember, that starts at 4 o'clock on uh, Saturday. Saturday, and then uh, New Beginnings has their service at 10 a.m. on Sunday. All right, guys.